I was trying to learn how to adjust my lifestyle and I was missing the parts of my routine that involved the process of creating something beautiful and using my gorgeous glassware. You know, when when my husband first got sober, I got rid of everything. Welcome to the show that drops in on people's moments of clarity surrounding their choice to not drink. I'm Kate Madry, and I'm so happy you're here. Sobriety is like a thumbprint, and just like your skincare routine or your self-care routine, everyone's sober care routine is very different. By the end of each conversation, you'll leave with a little bit more insight to help guide you while building your sober care routine. This is a clear-headed podcast. Today, I'm talking with Elizabeth, the creator and owner and founder and all the er terms for her business, Dry Kit. This conversation is so enlightening in terms of her story and also in terms of what it's like to run and get into a alcohol-free industry, especially after her career had been in the booze business. Let's jump in. If you could just hop at a time travel mind machine with me and go back to when you first realized that alcohol wasn't serving you anymore, what were those moments or that singular moment like? For me, that moment, it was a gradual process to get there. Um, I think for years, I was getting to a place where alcohol wasn't glamorous and sexy to me anymore, like it was in my early years of drinking and college and all of that. Um, But the shift started in early 2022 when my husband um, became sober. And at that point, I wanted to support him in the best way that I could in his journey in recovery. And my life just felt like so at odds because my full-time job was branding and marketing in the alcohol industry. And so what began in my career as like, this is a fun and sexy space to be in and my skill set professionally was packaging. And so I found when I found myself in the alcohol industry, then it was like um, I would get other clients and other full-time jobs based on how I'd like found myself in this niche of designing in that space. And so when my husband became sober, I was like, this, this feels so weird now. (laughs) Yeah. We're like entering in this new space of having an alcohol-free life at home. And then I was going to work and selling alcohol. And so (laughs) that just felt in conflict. And I was trying to figure out a balance and, you know, he wanted my journey to be my own and he wanted me to make, to not make my decisions based on him and his lifestyle, but that just wasn't working for me. And so it took about the full year of 2022 to realize that 
trying to make this work with where I found myself in my life, it, it felt like trying, I was stuck in a corner. And when I feel stuck in a corner, it's like banging your head against the wall. And I realized it was time to take a step back and just reevaluate what I was doing and what made me happy. So at the end of 2022, I left that job and the start of 2023, I began taking steps to starting my business dry kit. And that is when the light bulb really went off. Um, for most of 2022 and even the beginning of 2023, I was holding on to like identifying as a mindful drinker. And when I would drink on a handful of occasions throughout the year, I realized there just wasn't anything for me there anymore. And it wasn't fun. It, <laughs> there was no joy. Like, I was kind of just holding on to this old phase of my life and it just didn't feel right anymore. And so it took me a minute to get comfortable owning living an alcohol-free lifestyle. But now that I'm here, I appreciate it. And that makes me much happier. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so cool because... Yeah, I always say like sobriety is like a fingerprint. It's so different. It's unique to every single person. Yeah. And yours is no exception. It's a really yeah. unique story. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. I really admire that you talked about mindful drinking because I think it's a really important step for a lot of people. And it's kind of this like you don't want to admit that like alcohol has power over you by like – taking the power back in like a mindful drinking way. And some people that mm -hmm. really works, but some people you're like, well, I don't, it's not really fun, you know, or there's not really a point to yeah. it. Um, yeah. When you step back from having alcohol be a crutch and a go-to part of your routine, only for me, only drinking sporadically made me realize how I wasn't getting anything from it, it kind of feels like going on a cleanse and removing all of these different foods. And then yeah. you try to incorporate these foods back and you're like, wait, I, I don't like that anymore. <laughs> My body is actually rejecting it and is telling me something. And that's kind of how I felt when I attempted to be a mindful drinker. Um, it just made me realize that alcohol-free was the better space for me. Yeah. Do you, I mean, how much do you think being involved in dry kit during the time of mindful drinking, right? It, there was kind of like an overlap there. Yeah. Seeing mm -hmm. all the options, tasting, seeing the benefits, seeing the creativity that you can have in that. How much do you think that lent to you deciding to go from mindful to just not? It played such a huge role Prior to this sobriety journey for both my husband and myself, I didn't realize how many options were out there. Um, I had only heard of the big alcohol brands doing zero proof options. Yeah. And 
I didn't start, I didn't discover this amazing growing NA space until I felt like I really had a reason to. And now being in this space, I realized how many people still don't know that all of these great products and options exist. Um, and also becoming immersed in dry kit lent itself to not only me discovering great products that are out there, but also trying to position this business as like a means of support in this over curious community. So yeah. we're writing blog posts and communicating with the community on Instagram. And within my journey, I, of course, discovered a bunch of great quit lit books. And when you really, when I really allowed myself to dive into this space, I just fell in love with it really. Yeah. There's so many phenomenal resources out there and there's so many drinks and it can be overwhelming, uh, especially to somebody who's like maybe, you know, trying to be a mindful drinker. Like that's not their whole thing. They just want something for every other time that they drink or just something that's another option. Right. And I really feel like it can be a deterrent when it's so overwhelming. You know, when you go online or you Google something or you Google non-al beverages and you try to have, you have to figure out like, what do I order and how, what do I put it with? And wait, is this like the same thing? Because it's so foreign to so many people, just such a foreign sure. concept. Yeah. What are like some of the hurdles that you feel like you faced with creating something to kind of answer those questions that people didn't even know that they had? I, I tried to rely on some of the foundational points of our business and that starts the process of kind of combing through all of these products that are out there. So it's really important to me that dry kit sources from female owned brands as much as possible. And that comes from my background of working with a lot of men in the alcohol space who are only concerned with the bottom line and making money. And what I found in the NA space, and of course this doesn't apply to everyone, but there are so many great female owned brands where these women are making a huge difference and their products have heart and soul and I feel like they are putting these options out there with all of the best intentions and they're putting products out there with purpose. And those are the businesses that I want to platform and that I want to introduce to people. So that is one step in where I begin my process of creating these recipes and sourcing these products. And another thing is my background is in branding and design, and I have a huge appreciation for the beautiful packaging that is out there. And yeah. it's always been my philosophy as a designer that, you know, when you have products that you love, they live in your house, they live on your counters, and they don't really go 
into hiding. They are like fixtures in your space. And I just have a huge passion for creating beautiful spaces. So it's a, it's a huge appeal for me when I can find a female-owned product that's gorgeous and also tastes amazing. And that's kind of just how I approach every cocktail. That's, those are the beginning steps. It passes a vibe check for sure. (laughs) I think we can all agree that, you know, if a woman made it, it it probably has maybe a little bit more of a sense of purpose than Mm -hmm. somebody who's not connected to it. And I I think it's like, I love the woman-owned piece. I think specifically because alcohol has impacted women significantly more with dependencies, lack of resources, mm-hmm. uh, lack of even just studies and knowledge on how it negatively impacts um, women, moms specifically. I mean, I'm not a mom. Are you a mom? You're not a mom, right? I'm not. not I'm, no moms here. Two fur babies. <laughs> two fur babies. I got one. But just through speaking to so many incredible mothers, uh, it's just important, I think, to take the power back and understand that when it comes to a feminine lifestyle, it doesn't have to include uh, mommy juice or wine in your cup. Or if it does, there doesn't need to be alcohol in it. And you can still have the same kind of glamorous appeal. I mean, dipping into your experience and your time in the alcohol industry, did you see any of that specifically geared towards women that maybe informed your choice to to really focus on female-founded non-al brands? Um, yeah. I mean, I started my career working for a wine brand that our team was actually largely female and our audience was primarily female, but it did slip into that mom juice, mm-hmm. wine not. Yeah. <laughs> we were were getting so crafty with making this brand appeal to women. And I was 23 at the time and I personally didn't see um, like the negative effects of that. Yeah, We were just focused on, like we thought we were doing great things and parts of the business were great, but yeah. At the end of the day, we were contributing to this like glamorized mom, mommy juice thing. Yeah, and now, now I have such an adverse reaction to it when I see you know the hacks on Instagram reels of the moms filling a Stanley with red wine and putting a little tea bag string Mm -hmm. in it and things like that, that it's just like glamorizing this thing that now I'm just, I just think it's so unhealthy. And so those things are kind of like triggering to me now. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so it was the combination of, I was like working with women and we had a female audience. And then I've also worked with brands where I was working with men and 
those environments and the industry, the alcohol industry as a whole is largely super old school, very much a boys club. And I experienced a lot of that um, in the instances where I worked as one of the only women on the team. And that, that just really fueled my desire to put options out there that were not so detrimental to your health and your mental health. And also I just, I just experience a lot of joy, like working with powerful, strong women and, you know, now I have the freedom to do that and to work with who I want and to make those choices. So that is like, extremely nice. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think having the power in your career can also, I mean, I'll speak for myself, but it can also really like lend to um, like my sober care routine. Like I, when I feel powerful in the workplace and when I feel powerful and confident in what I'm doing for a career or as a passion, I, I, I there's a component of that that just makes me not want to run to a life that escapes that because I'm just so happy in it. Do you feel like the same with you? Yeah, definitely. I, this is, this is my year of just aligning with things that make me feel happy. And a lot of that is redefining what my sober care routine or like creating a sober care routine and what my self-care routine looks like. It just looks so different than it did a few years ago. And I, I have learned that for me, a great sober care care routine is like a pie chart of a, a bunch of different things that, you know, make me the happiest. And a large part of that is, enjoying my work to, to the cliche where it doesn't feel so much like work. (laughs) Yeah. It really is true. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we'll for sure get into your sober care routine, but just on the topic in terms of your timeline with dry kit and work, has there anything that's changed in the way that you build these kits from when you were a mindful drinker and starting out to like where you are now or even where you want to go with it? Like how has that evolved? I'm asking because I think that evolution is a non-negotiable in business and I think it's mm-hmm. a non-negotiable in sobriety and it's a non-negotiable really about every every other thing. Yeah. Um, evolution is always happening. So like what was that like and did you have any – any trouble with that evolution or hiccups along the way? Yeah, definitely. My priorities have definitely shifted. When I first got into this space and when I was first preparing to launch Dry Kit, I I knew what I wanted to accomplish, but there were so many options out there just there was so much to sort through and to learn. And so I almost I almost rushed the process of wanting to have a great 
first kit to put out there. And I do love the first kit that I created, but then there were, I was, I found myself putting pressure on myself to create more kits and develop the business at a fast enough pace where I could present a ton of options. And that's where I floundered a little bit with not so much prioritizing that the kit and the cocktail itself tasted amazing. I was like caring about a bunch of other factors that weren't that. So now I'm again, just like that part, I found myself in a corner again and I had to pull back and now I'm really focused on the cocktail has to taste amazing. That it, that really is the whole point. So I don't need to get lost in, do I have enough options? Do I have, you know, a, a big enough variety of price points? Mm. Those things, there are so many things that are going to work themselves out, but I had to really pull back and realize that it's okay if it takes longer to put a kit out. I'm going to sample everything until it's great. I have mixologists that I consult with. Um, I just had to kind of reprioritize how that process works. And I feel like I'm in a much more solid place because, you know, no one is sitting, no one's out there putting the pressure on me. It's only coming from myself. <laughs> yes. Totally. Absolutely. Thank you for saying that because I also share that um, I think any any person in business, but even specifically any person in this new modern sobriety, sober care, alcohol-free lifestyle business, the pressure is on internally because mm -hmm. I think there's so much booming and there's so much happening and the demand is there and you have this pressure or I felt this pressure, and I'm sure you have too, to show up and be there and like, mm -hmm. don't be late and be available. And you want something for everybody so that you can show that there's something really for everyone out there. Um, yeah. But I think the, the similarity in this and when you're not drinking or when you're choosing to do a lifestyle without alcohol, these same kind of questions – pop up where you're like, well, what am I going to do at a birthday party? And what am I going to do at when I, when I go to a wedding? And how am I going to – and you put all of these factors out there and these what-ifs and these scenarios so that it almost like deters you from approaching just the one simple purpose, which is like I'm not going to drink or for you might be like I'm going to have a really great kit. Um, I, I, I think it's just so – common like how did how have you pulled yourself back to getting to the purpose like I don't know what questions maybe have you asked yourself to pull you out of that corner or get you more in alignment is it is there something that you've done you know someone recently um told me like how great is it that you have so many different options and verticals with your business. And it made me realize that I was concerning myself with all of the struggles and the obstacles. And I needed to just reframe and have gratitude 
and realize that there's so much potential. And it's okay Mm -hmm. that in my first year of business that I'm throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It's so easy to look at someone else's business. I don't know if you feel this way too, where I'm like, um, I'm, I'm sourcing greeting cards for our gift sets. And I thought, wow, how nice and simple it would be to have a greeting card business where, you know, there's not a lot of like need for storage and your, your product is so straightforward and it's, doesn't need explanation. And I was just looking at all the positives of a greeting card business. And then two days later, I did an event where my vendor neighbor, it was a selling shopping event. And my neighbor was a greeting card company. And she was sharing with me all of the insane struggles that all of her peers are experiencing with production costs and shipping and everyone, it made me realize like everyone has their own struggles and everyone has their own issues. And sometimes the grass looks greener on the other side. And she is the one that was like, wow, like you, you're selling gift sets and you're bringing inclusivity to corporate gifting and you're selling direct with your cocktail kits. And she was like, wow, you just have so many like paths that you can take. And we were just both like romanticizing the other person's business, (laughs) but it made me feel so grateful that, you know, with her help, I was able to just reframe and realize there's so much potential and I need to just give myself a little bit of grace and pull back and just align with our mission, which is to bring options to people in the sober curious community and to try and make it easy on other people. And at the end of the day, even though there's all of this other noise, like we are doing that and that's, that's good. (laughs) Yes, you are. I love that. And I think it's a really helpful, like reframing and giving gratitude and, you know, not on the term of like toxic positivity, like shit can still be hard, but just (laughs) things can also be hard and good at the same time. The two things can still exist. You don't have to throw out the fact that this is a headache and you are banging your head against the wall and you are (laughs) feeling Mm -hmm. like you're expelling all this energy or you don't know how to create the vision or to, to convey the vision to people. Like all of that can be true. And still the other things. And I think that that is in line, again, with like sobriety and a life of non-drinking. It can be really freaking hard and really freaking rewarding at the same time. So allowing those things to coexist. um, I love that. And I think it's really important. Um, I want to wrap this conversation up with sober care. And I want to go back to how you said that it had – your sober care routine has evolved, you know, from years ago or when, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you built it to now, what does that look like? And what is something currently in your sober care routine? For me, my sober care routine definitely evolved from a place of where I felt like I was solely trying to support my husband and I was hyper fixating on his journey And I didn't know at the time that it was going to lead me to my journey of being alcohol free. And so over the past year and a half of 
all of it. In the beginning, therapy was a huge one for me and my mental health and trying to get clarity on supporting and learning that I needed to pull back and not try and like hyper fixate on like, quote, fixing things with a snap of a finger. So therapy was a big one. Now I feel like today I just like romanticize my routines and things that make me happy, like walking my dogs to get tea every single morning. That's a huge one. And I, I don't mind romanticizing that because like <laughs> I do love it. It makes me happy. And there's something to having the structure of a routine. And of course, dry kit, um, the whole reason I started this brand was because I was trying to learn how to adjust my lifestyle and I was missing the parts of my routine that involved the process of creating something beautiful and using my gorgeous glassware. You know, when, when my husband first got sober, I got rid of everything, got rid of the bar cart, got rid of the glassware literally returned some wedding gifts that we hadn't opened that were bar home bar related. And it took me a while to realize that we don't have to just freak out and throw all of, all of that away. We can just shift to yeah. pouring non-alk wine into the beautiful stemware and yeah that part of the, that like comforting part of a nighttime routine can still exist. It just doesn't have to look exactly the same anymore. Yes. Oh, I love it. I love that. Um, and I co-sign. Pour anything into a stem glass and it makes it fun. I'll do water sometimes and I'm like, I have not drinking enough water today. Water in a wine glass, mint leaf, good to go. Yeah. I think- Good to go. Yeah, there's nothing. I used to feel shame in being like an aesthetics person and liking having beautiful things surrounding me. And then I finally learned to just own it and it's okay. And yes. that doesn't make me shallow. It just means I love having beautiful things around me. And yes, you know, me too. water me in the too. wine glass. It's like fancy. It makes me happy. It's great. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for your time and your story. And can you make me a drink sometime? <laughs> I would <laughs> love to make you a drink. Okay, great. I I'm so it. glad we're both in LA so we can actually make this happen. Yes, me too. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Yay. Uh, thank you so much. Of course. Thank you so easy, much for easy. having me. Yeah, uh, it did go I'm back. serious about the. For more guidance on building your sober care routine, head to clearheaded.co or follow us on Instagram at clearheaded.co. <laughs>